Hey, what it do with the business is. It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown. Animal underscore Brown if you're looking for me on social media. Shake that rust off, him extra. Introduce yourself. Oh, I thought I was going to say we had a guest. <laughs> I did too. I don't know what that was. That was yeah. terrible. Oh, run that back. Yeah, I just did that on purpose so you would sound like you were stumbling getting back in the saddle. We do have a guest. It is a special episode, the J. Cole Review. Uh, we got J. Cole's number one fan. Mr. M. Extra, how you doing, sir? What's going on, fellas? It's the boy M. Extra, the Minister of Culture, is blessing you with his presence this evening. How's it going? Um, Thanks for having me on. We have to have you. Happy to have you. On top of J. Cole this week, man, we talking about Joe Budden beefing with his buddy, <laughs> beefing with his buddies on the podcast tip. Meek Mill allegedly won't let Rick Ross in his section. And the Migos are back. But first, Nikki Onique, Onika Minaj is mm-hmm. back. She dropped the Beam Me Up Scotty album on y'all ass. First track out of the gate had Wayne and uh, Drake on there. Probably their best verses in a minute. My question to you, Animal Brown, was it worth the wait for Nicki Minaj's comeback? Yeah, so uh, this is obviously a throwback mixtape from back in the day. This is the one that arguably put her on. Um, a lot of people call it a classic. I, I, I'm not that well versed with it. But I do know the impact that it had. Now, the two singles that she had on here, they were high records, though. You know what I'm saying? They were two high records. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, the standout joint was seeing Green with Drake and Wayne. So the question, was it worth the wait? I will say yes with an asterisk because that song, which is fire, is mainly fire because of what Jordan and Pippen did on that motherfucker. And she just played her Tony Kukoc role. And so she got overshadowed by the guest appearances, but it's her record. So she has to get the props for it. Um, So I thought she was retired. A lot of people thought she was just going to live the mom life, live the wife life and hang it up. She had done enough. Looks like she's back working on a project. And I will say with those two original joints on there, it is looking promising, but again, it's more about her getting washed by Drake and, and Wayne than it is her particular joint on there. But uh, it, it was still it was still worth the wait, though. It was buzzing over this weekend. I'm, I ain't going to front act like nobody listened to it. It was buzzing. Hmm. And sure what you think? Uh, I, I, this is one of this is my introduction to Nikki. So I love this Beam Me Up, Scotty. Um, I actually like two records, two of the new records. Fractions is the shit, uh, along with Seeing Green. Um, I definitely... I definitely am feeling fractions is really a good. I like to beat a lot, and um, she does her thing. Nikki is the best female rapper. I mean, I mean, it's hands down. Ever? I don't think. I'm saying in this era, uh, she's the best. Uh, I mean, she has. She can be considered. You know, she can be considered ever top three, top five ever. Mm. Uh, but she, I mean, she just on another level. I mean, mm. it's just there's no ABCing with Nikki. No nursery rhyming. It's straight bars. Um, and, I, and I'm and I'm here for it. Shout out to well, the There's got to be one, right? To quote my one of my favorite movies, my guy. Well, nobody want to hear this shit, right? Cut <laughs> this shit off, man. Like what? I feel like Nicki Minaj is at a different place in her career and should be displaying it. I don't need to hear old mixtapes, bro. I don't care if they classic. I don't care if they got new Drake verses. Nicki Minaj is a boss. Excuse my French here. She a boss bitch. She should be making boss bitch music now. Like she should be the rap equivalent to Beyonce. Like it should be a big deal when she dropped. Like the mountains should move. I don't need you recycling shit because you told me you retired a year ago, putting old songs out to test the water. She passed that. Like you said, I agree with you. She is the best female rapper of this generation. She needs to act like, like she's still taking shots at bitches and she like, come on, still taking shots at female rappers and stuff. Like, come on. She's better than that. And I think that she should act better than that. And she should put out material equivalent to where she is in her life and her career. I mean, I don't think she's doing any different than what any male rapper would do. I mean, even if you listen to Cole, I'll be talking about people. Like, they, that's just what people do is braggadocious rap. And you mentioned Boss Bitch. She actually, one of the new songs is called Boss Ass Bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I mean that's I mean, an interesting comparison that you say to Cole. What I would say to that is she has a different, she should have a different approach from him because Cole has competition. Like he ain't, he ain't, it ain't, he may be arguably the best rapper, but he ain't hands down like the number one person in his right. life. 
Nikki is hands down the number one person in her lane, and she should approach stuff like that, not recycle mixtapes. Well, I mean, she did add like six records. <laughs> yeah, she add, she added a bunch of shit, and and you're saying she's not moving the needle. She she had about six hundred, seven hundred thousand people on her live when she went live on Friday night. No. So clearly, and I mean clearly, people are still checking for it, and they were hype that this right. mixtape was finally getting released to um, streaming sites. It's there's no different. What Cole, Cole just dropped a fucking two piece eight mm -hmm. months ago, bro. Two records, nigga. Here, here you go. Random shit. This is the same thing. It's just attached to a mixtape that people were excited to hear about. You know what I'm saying? If Cole would have did that with the warm-up, if he would have took those two records, added them to warm-up and said, hey, I'm dropping the warm-up on streaming sites with two new yeah. records, niggas would have, fans would have been hype. Like, and another, hype shit, I, I another thing, I'm sorry before you go, Lou, another thing is this mixtape actually is getting people paid. Um, the first one, it was freebie. This one is getting paid. If you go to Big Fendi's page, he'll tell you that she listed him as executive producer on this album, on this release. So he's going to see checks from this, as he should. That's cool. I mean, this is a smart business move to put seven Lucy's on it, I mean, to go with it and re-release it. I mean, she got something coming down the pipeline. Why not get the fans' appetite a little wet with this one? Yeah. I just think she's at a different place in her career. I like moving the meter. I agree with you. I see y'all as far as that point. Absolutely. She still moves in the meter. She's still Nicki Minaj. I just think that there's a space out there in female rap that's not being covered. And she's the only one that could cover it. I'm not like being a goat status 10 years in arguably the best female rapper bar for bar ever. Like the success that she's had. She, she shouldn't be rapping about shit that Cardi B raps about. She shouldn't be rapping about shit that the city girls rap about. Like she, it, she's in her own lane and she doesn't display that by putting out old music to me. Hey, I will say this real quick. One thing I'm, I'm surprised that nobody really has done in terms of the female rap lane. Why don't they start their own label? Mm. Have you peeped that? That doesn't happen, bro. Like why wouldn't she have a label with three or four people signed up under her? I mean, is that surprising to you? Think about what women have to go through just to be able to pick up the mic. I mean, mm. a woman it is coming surprising. Out I mean, it, it, they should in 2021, but, but I'm I'm, saying, you think about all the hurdles and stuff that women got to go through to get a label. I've, I've, I've never heard of anyone even aspire to it, though. You know what you I'm saying? Know. I mean, you don't know. I'm just behind the scenes. I'm sure they have. I mean, it's never it's been publicly talked about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's never public for sure. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. I've never even thought about that. Like, that, that, I guess that goes to your point as well. Like, I've never even considered that. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I thought about that over the weekend. Like, damn, I wonder why she ain't nobody doing that shit. Nikki would be the perfect person. Like, yeah, I think so. As far as I can show you how to be successful as a female rapper, boom, here go the blueprint. Sign anybody. Facts. Um, yeah. Next up, man, you the aforementioned Joe Budden podcast. Uh, there's been a shit show Ooh. going on. <laughs> there's been a shit show playing out live in front of us. We know Joe Budden used to rap, man. This is a stretch. We know he used to rap, so we're counting this as hip-hop. Um, he actually fired his co-hosts, Maul and Rory, on air. Very interesting. Maul and Rory did actually respond with their own video, and Joe Budden has since responded to that. Uh, my question to you guys, starting with Lou, because I'm going to fall asleep while y'all talk about this shit, is whose side are you on? It's amazing that you're not in tune. This is a part of the culture, not just because he used to be a rapper. That's probably the biggest cultural hip-hop podcast. Um, where I fall on this, though, I listened to Joe uh, when he put the episode out that didn't have Rory and Maul on there. I listened to Rory and Maul. I have not listened to Joe's response to that. And I think the conversation is being had that they leave him about money and friendship. Those conversations aren't the correct approach to it. To me, it's about value. And the value that Joe Budden brings to that podcast, I mean, it's named after him. We see the value that he brings. And I'm not here to say that Maul or Rory aren't just as valuable, but Every company has a face. Every company has a person that's out there doing meetings. It's out there being, for lack of a better word, the mascot of the company. And that adds value to you. So if I'm listening to Warrior and Miles say, oh, we had a split and we all supposed to get this, that, and the third, that's fine. And we can split the stuff that you and I bring in together. But if I'm Joe Budden and I know some deals are off the strength of my name, then I would have the same stance that he has. Like, no, I'm not opening my books to you guys. I'm not letting you see how much money that I make for the stuff that I feel like that I brought to this podcast. Because one, I pay you well. They were talking about the numbers in the account that they had. They said the top 5% in podcasters pay just from the payouts that they had. 
And two, you can go back to friendship at this point. If I'm in a business with one of my quote unquote friends from the, what they're saying and how it happened, I'm not requesting accounting beyond the fact of trusting you to do what you say you're going to do. Now, I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen at some point where I would get people involved. I felt like I was getting slighted. But if I'm having the conversation with you and you're telling me my nigga just ride it out, then I should trust that before I go do anything else. And that may be being naive like they were being and why they feel like they got slighted. But if I had to answer the question on whose side I was on in short, it would be Joe Button. Clearly. <laughs> MXP, what do you think? I've never heard of these guys before in my life. What do you think? This, this is ridiculous. Uh, and I hate to keep quoting Cole, but it's so relevant right now. I never fall out with the bros. Uh, you don't do this publicly, bro. This is some whole shit that Joe mm. Button did. On some who's real in? whole shit. Huh? On who's in? On Joe's end, oh, like wow. even if you have business problems or issues, you don't do this publicly. You don't go publicly dissing Rory, calling him out his names on all this stuff, telling him stories about Maul. Like this shit was lame as fuck. Like I would never do anything like that. And I, I thought Joe was from the same cloth. He really disappointed me mm. in this um, outburst, is what I'll call it, of a podcast that he <laughs> came out with dissing, throwing them completely under the bus while these three people in the background all saying being yes men and sucking his big on why are you talking oh, about it? like man come on man you gotta stop all that man you can't and you cannot do this and it's really disheartening because him and Maul were really really good friends and uh Allegedly. for joe to take it there like regardless of what business issues you guys have you can handle it off air for him to just he was like a reality well he is a reality i guess so i guess it fits because he was just like, a, it was like I was watching Housewives. He should be ashamed of himself. Are you talking about initially or are you talking about his response to them? I'm talking about the show that was posted, unposted, and then put the Patreon. Ah, okay. So the that official show, response. When he was just airing out dirty money, like mm. a woman on a reunion show. <laughs> yeah, he should be I'm, ashamed of himself. Listen, I, I, so I listened to Joe's. So I woke up dumb early for some reason on Wednesday for, for no reason. You know, the one of them days you just wake up for no reason early as fuck. On a Wednesday? Yes. For no, that's what I'm saying. For no reason. I see. Up, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'll work, my nigga. <laughs> I'm on Twitter and I see people talking about the episode being posted and then taken down. And then I saw somebody post, you know, somebody pulled it, you know how the internet do it, don't take much. They streamed it and had it. So I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm bored, let me listen to it. I got, I listened to about an hour and a half before I had to get out of there. Uh, but I, and that was the first time I had listened to them for a long time. I, to me, this is very, very simple in terms of whose side are you on and, and what their beefs are. It's clear to me, Rory and Maul thought they were partners with Joe, and Joe thought Rory and Maul were employees. And so he looked at them from the perspective of an employee. Take the French shit out. He looked at them from a perspective of an employee. If you're an employee and you work somewhere and you go into the boardroom and ask to look at books, they're going to ask, who are you? Be, I, we don't know who you are, fam. If you're a partner and you go into the boardroom and ask to look at books, they're going to go, here you go. They're right here. Thank you. You have access to all of this. That's what partner, that's the access that partners have. Now, people don't like Joe because of how he carries himself and how he kind of, you could say he's an asshole to some, even though in some, some of that stuff, he may have been telling the truth or speaking facts, but the delivery may be off. But I really think it's that, it's really that simple. They're looking at it from two different perspectives. They were under the impression that they were partners. Joe was under the impression that it was clear that they were employees. That's where the, uh, that's where the discrepancies came about. To me, uh, not following this shit at all, but just going off what y'all talk about in the group chat relentlessly. I usually tune that shit out, but catching what I done caught, that's what it seems like to me. It seems pretty clear, to be honest. Well, it, it, you're right. On the surface, it does. But when Rory and Ma dropped there is the agreement with them was that they were profit sharing partners. So the profit that the podcast brought in, they're supposed to split three ways. According to who? According to them in the contract and Joe, Joe said that. Uh, Cause he didn't he say that. that on that's what they say in the contract say, huh? Uh, okay. Yeah. He didn't say that on the initial. Yeah. He didn't say that, but that's what they're <laughs> saying. The contract says, I think my opinion on whether difference is, is different from yours in the sense of, he may have looked at them as partners to a sense, but you have to add in, and I don't think that they were accounting for everything that he does because it's in his name. 
Like you can't come to me if I'm putting just like the instances that are happening to him now. Like that's shit that you gotta face at the head of a network with the female that said the things about his podcast. Like he's bearing more responsibility than they are. So we don't deserve equal partnership for everything. For some things, of course, because that's our agreement. But when we're talking about the bigger picture, which I think that Joe thought that they were with him on the bigger picture. When he went on those Spotify rants and those rants that he went on in his podcast, it's clear now that he was talking to them too. Because if you're with me for the bigger picture, you're going to take this nice lump sum of money that I'm giving you, and you're also going to ride it till the wheels fall off to where I'm taking it. Because Maul and Rory both said, hey, I'm not in the podcasting like that. Like Rory said, I do this because y'all are my friends. I wouldn't try to start a network. Maul said, I come up and I show up to do this to kick the shit with y'all because y'all are my friends joe said i do this because this is my life's work that's different value that we add you can't split some equally with a nigga who says i'm just showing up to do this because hey y'all are my friends as opposed to a nigga saying hey this is my life's work everything that i have i put into this yeah i'm gonna take more home and do more stuff to get more money than you and you can't see my books no <laughs> again that may we the way he know. handled it was we, poor we i do agree with you and before i before i start we're gonna say uh spike who said female he meant woman we don't say woman yeah anymore. excuse me <laughs> but anyway <laughs> my point is that we don't know all of it that that may be correct my, my the reason why i went mall and rory is how joe handled it yeah that's bad but joe been doing that shit his whole career yeah you can't like you sign it. up for that when you friends or business partners with that nigga you know at some point that's gonna happen right but i don't think that takes away from his point though like if y'all my we, niggas like y'all are riding with me and i, we don't I, know I disagree with you I think Maul was most fucked up in this. You've been knowing me before, Rory. And he come in and he got a complaint and you riding with him over me? Man, get out of here, bro. That ain't real. But but think about that. Think about what you just said. Mm -hmm. He's riding with Rory before Joe and he's known Joe much longer than their friends. So something is not adding up. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. And you look at Joe Carfax, man. This ain't this, yeah, that, this that's is not exactly. a hard thing about. It. That's what makes it hard for me to argue for his side. That's, the Carfax is ugly. Yeah, that's a especially fact. with the new allegations, man. But that's interesting how that's gonna play out. Is it um next <laughs> <laughs> next we got y'all man's Meek Mill. Meek Mill was at Live over the past weekend, man. And Big Rose, the boss tried to come in and grab a couple bottles in the section and parlay, and Meek denied him. My question to you guys, Twin, we'll start with you this time. Is this a big deal that Rose couldn't get in Meek Mill's section at Live? Man, I'm the same same sentiment. All this stuff playing out publicly is disgusting. Mm. Uh, it's disgusting. Like these grown men acting like, <laughs> man, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know if it's much of a big deal as it is just disgusting, as I just said. But, um, you know, I mean, people get salty when they're in situations and they feel like they're reached a certain level um, in their career. We've seen it happen countless times with artists and um, CEOs or presidents. They feel like they've outgrown their contract. No, that's fine, but you sign this contract. So whatever you want to do, we can talk about a restructure, but I'm going to be paid. I can't be mad at Ross. Ross is a businessman. Um, Meek got a, can't wear his heart on the sleeve like that. Man. This man, uh, Ross held Meek down for the longest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if this is true, again, this is a legend. This is a rumor. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but if it is true, I'm more uh, disappointed in me than anything. Yeah, definitely a legend. Um, but let's let's hypothetically say that this is facts. It's a little deal until one of these two come out publicly and speak on it. Then that's when it would become a big deal. Ross just dropped an album not too long ago, Port of Miami Two, and and Meek Mill was on it. Wale was on it for that matter. So I mean, like. Whatever they all got going on, we don't know this in public. We only know this because somebody at the club leaked it to academics, a source of a source of a source. So we really, there's no video. There's no, we, we hadn't really heard nothing of this leading up to this point. Even though you can kind of tell it really hasn't been MMG. Like it was MMG a couple years ago. Like it hasn't been that. Like they not just waving the flag like that. Meek seems to be carving out his own path kind of you see him more with Jay and more with you know the, the 76ers owner kind of in, in that lane nowadays than he is kicking it with Ross on his ranch but until either one of them comes out and says man fuck the other or I'm out or free me or whatever then man this is this is this is smoke this is a little bit of smoke but yeah, exactly smoke nonetheless I, I agree good point 
Yep, I'm going to take the same stance. This is no big deal at all, but I'll take a different reasoning from it. I mean, if I'm Rick Ross, if this did happen, I'm never speaking about it publicly. Not because I'm embarrassed, because I don't want Meek to look like a bitch. Because I'm still making money off of Meek Mill, hence the reason he won't let me in his section, because he's still in my contract, and I'd be an idiot to let him out of it. Ross is a, a, a great businessman. Like, we were talking about Carfax earlier. He's a great businessman. So him saying to, or Meek Mill coming to him hat in hand and being like, look, bro, I've outgrown this contract. I, I want to go over here to Rock Nation and do my own thing. That's cool. You got to take care of me, though, bro. Or are you just going to stay in this contract? That's the business. We've talked about this time and time again with artists and, and Puff Daddy and Baby and the different things of that nature. And I don't feel sorry for Meek Mill at all. And I don't think this is a big deal because it'll never make it public. Meek can never come out and say, hey, I did this because he wants to stay in good graces. And also ain't going to come out and say anything because, hey, I got you on the contract. I want you to be successful. I don't want you to look bad out here. So I don't think this is a big deal at all. I don't know if we see any more of MMG. In the sense of it musically, I think it's going to be a big deal there. I don't think you're going to see a lot more of Rick Ross and Meek Mill and Wale and anything of that nature with them building together. If I were Ross, I'd start looking at the young town. I try to, I try a whole new MMG, brand new rollout, come with three new young hot niggas again and try to do it for another 10 years. I'd fuck Wale and Meek Mill. And that's, 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 that's another well, thing. I ain't talking too. about contractually. Y'all still got to pay me. Y'all can go do y'all own thing, but as far as y'all being MMG, it's cool. Y'all can go ahead. I just want my cut like Rocco. I, I would be interested to see how much longer he had. He's dropped four albums under MMG, and he's dropped three – he's been a part of three compilations and one commercial mixtape with DC4. So I don't know what this nigga contract looks like. I don't know how many albums he signed up for, but I'd be very interested. You, you can tell, though, he kind of wants to do his own thing. He's been around too many bosses, bro. Like it's only a matter of time. Huh? You think he deserves to be released stating that what you just said with all the work that he's put in for Ross? Like he made Ross a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. But no, whatever he signed up for, he needs yeah. to go ahead and ride that on out. I'm just curious to know what that is because he's been a part of several projects. Mm. I just don't know what that is. But you can tell that he's getting that bug where he wants to start pushing that DC at Dream Chasers. You can tell. And that's fine. And that's another reason why I'm like, damn, why Nikki don't have a label? How long has Meek Mill had dream chasers, bro? Like, come on. <laughs> For as long as we've known him to be on, like, you telling me Nicky can't get a label? But anyway. He had like dream that, chasers since he was signing the Grand Hustle. That's what I'm saying. He's been screaming that for <laughs> forever. So it's like, really? She can't get a label? That's kind of crazy. But, um, but anywho, I am interested to see, number one, how much longer is left, and two, if they can do something with this. Because self-made, like, they ain't done no more compilations. Part four was supposed to drop. That shit ain't coming. Like, I... Ross is supposed to drop an album last year, late last year. He didn't do it. So uh, MMG is looking like it's falling apart, but when will it be made official? Though? That, we don't know. But it does look – it don't look good, though. Ross supposed to have another album after the Port of Miami, too. Richer than I've ever been. He uh, made the album announcement on Hot 9-7. Yeah, he was just talking. He <laughs> <laughs> was doing that Rick Ross thing that he does. He was one of the biggest cappers ever to touch a mic. Facts. He do it so well, though. Yeah, he does. He's so good at it. Um, hey, real quick, man, before we get to this J. Cole album review, let's talk Migos. Uh, they returned with a brand new single. It was called Straightening. They announced Culture 3, the long-awaited Culture 3, uh, dropping June 11th. I'm going to give this one to the Minister of Culture. Um, are Migos still number one group? Yeah, they are. I mean, I don't see, I don't see sure. it bigger than Migos. Sound right too convinced. I mean, I don't see another group. I think they're number one by default. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, but I like this, you know, I like this song a lot. A lot of people don't, outside of Atlanta don't know about what straightening means. But, you know, if you're from the city, you know what it is. I think and, that's a black uh, thing. This is a high Atlanta thing. Uh, yeah, elaborate. What does that mean, this, sir? This is a universal so black people thing, not just Atlanta, nigga. They were saying uh, straight in, in Tennessee, in, uh, too. In, in, ten, in Tennessee? In yes, Nashville, nigga. They said straight. What does it mean in, 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 in Memphis and in Nashville? I've nigga, never heard shit straight, bro. You get straightened out. That's what it means, nigga. <laughs> oh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> similar, but not. Yeah, we say it a little different. Like, if a nigga get mad, he gonna be like, ain't gonna be no straight. Ain't gonna be no straightening. <laughs> <laughs> That's some Atlanta <laughs> shit right there when you phrase yeah, that is some Atlanta shit. Tennessee more like, nigga, I'm finna go straighten this shit right now. No, <laughs> so straightening finna happen, nigga. <laughs> Lou, are they still the number one group, man? Uh, 
Man, that's a tough question because they're still going to move the meter as we were talking about earlier with yeah. Nikki. But I don't know if how long that's going to last. Like, I haven't even listened to this thing. I, y'all put the y'all y'all put the shit in the group <laughs> chat uh, for them dropping a new album. I ain't even checking for it. It was hard. Yeah. It may be. I'm just saying it's not everywhere like it used to be when they did drop. So if they are the number one group, they're still on a decline, even being the number one group. Well, that was the question they asked you, sir. Hmm? <laughs> I tell you what, I seen another group that dropped, and I, I, I it wasn't no mystery finding theirs, and that was at Torculator. City Girls dropped. It's everywhere. I ain't seen yeah, it. But it's not out yet. I seen the I seen the ads for it. Yeah, I ain't seen Migos ads. Yeah. So are you saying City Girls is a bigger group than Migos? I think so. Oh my God! Listen, I think so. I think the right. City Girls are the biggest group in hip hop right now. Let me go ahead and straighten this discussion out. Stale take. I mean, a hot take from. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they 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 are. They're still the number one group. The problem is, well, not the problem, but what they're what they're going to run to a challenge is, the whole rap game has ran with their style, like the whole rap game. And so, yeah, they're they're still the number one group. But all these solo acts that have come out since they've taken a break sound very similar to them so now they have competition it's very similar to when future used to take breaks and then <laughs> everybody started kind of adopting to his style and so he had to come back out and kind of still establish himself as the nigga that started this shit and that's what the Migos gonna have to do you know what i'm saying and i think hey, this straightening might be talking about the rap game slick because yeah, niggas done yeah. kind of ran with they whole swag and we just talked about this not too long ago with David Banner giving them props, saying more people need to show them respect about how they kind of have, have you know, straightened or, or kind of given the layout of how, like, culture is right now in terms of hip-hop. People rap with that triplet flow now, bro, and that's because of them. You know what I'm saying? So you have to give them props for that. I'm interested to see what the album sound like. I did like the single, too. I thought that shit was hard, too. Yeah, um, shout out to Takeoff, well, you except for takeoff. He said, shout, shout out, out to takeoff. Oh, I'm about to say, damn. Yeah, nah, I fuck with it though. It's banging. <laughs> uh, and I'm ready for this album too. I'm now I want to know if they if they can have hit making capability. You know what I'm saying? Do they have another, you know, insert hit in them? That I don't know because it's been a minute since they've had a big well, now they had the song with mustard, though. That was a hit. Are the amigos? I forgot about that. They might still got it. You said so many people have adapted their style. Are they still the best people to do it, or is it somebody better at their style than them now? Everybody does it, bro. Even Cole raps with that flow on this album, bro. Are they better than Cole with the no? You know what I'm saying? Like, no. <laughs> well, he did it more. Okay I'm talking. They'll never be better stuff. than him. I'm yeah, speaking yeah. of the hit making capability, like you said. Like, are there people that use that style to just make better songs? Now? We're like, about to find the out. Migos were never about to bar a nigga up. So I think my question to y'all would be, if they are, how would they maintain the number one group since everybody is doing it? Because now right. niggas doing it with bars. Now niggas doing it that can make hits. Bitches is doing Ladies are doing it. It's Jesus all Christ. around the board <laughs> as far as it being done. But, I mean, yep. you just have to put out quality music. That's all they have to do. Can, stay in the, can they do that? Yeah, this is a good single. You clearly have not heard it. Nah, <laughs> I, I, the song is tough. The song is a really good song. Yeah, yeah, I like if they it. keep dropping heat like this, they should be fine. But I mean, is it bad and like bougie it. though? It's not. It's not bad and bougie. And there would be another bad and bougie. Ah, uh, maybe. Well, it might have made another out. Illmatic and Nas still shine. So we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Hey, listen, we have a album review to speak of. A listers are starting to show their head, man. It's J Cole, he popped out, dropped his sixth studio album entitled Off Season. He announced it last week. Had a very interesting rollout. <laughs> he also he also made his professional basketball debut. I guess we'll probably touch on that later too. Um, we know how we get down, man. Expectations, initial thoughts, highlights, lowlights, and then we'll give a rating. I'll start with the number one J. Cole fanboy of all time. What was your expectations going into this album, M Extra? <clears throat> Nobody's fanboy. I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> but um <laughs> Uh, to answer your question, um, I had high expectations. You know, uh, the last album dropped in 2018. Um, when Cole gets that kind of time to cook, he usually comes out with something that's fantastic for the listeners. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, high expectations. Just for Cole, for Kendrick, and Drake, always going to be high expectations, no matter what. That's true. They set that bar. Lou, were you, you felt the same way? X, top shelf. Yeah. Like, when I see J. Cole put a date on it, 
start dropping documentaries and singles and shit, I'm ready. Like I'm expecting fine wine, the best champagne. That's the nicest cigars. That's what that is when you indulge and when he get ready yeah. to drop. So that's what I was expecting. Yeah, and I love the luxury rap. Yeah, and, I, and of course we all we all fuck with J Cole, so I, you know what I mean to certain degrees, and I, obviously I was a- anticipating it. I like the two piece that he dropped last year. I like the snow on the bluff that he dropped last year. Uh, the freestyle leading up to this shit was fire. You know what I'm saying? Like the I thought I liked the documentary we, we talked about that last week, and I liked the interlude single that he dropped last Friday. I, I thought that shit was tough, so I was definitely looking forward to it. I do want to talk about the rollout though was i'll start with lou was him playing basketball for the professional team in africa was that a big flex big flex rollout or was that like some mid that was some super mid pack <laughs> man <laughs> like and i just say that in the sense that jay cole is a talented brother man and i looked at that documentary i listened to him on kevin durant's podcast and I think as great as I think that this album is and J. Cole is an artist, like that took away from it a little bit for me, man. I promise you, bro, I don't care about your hoop dreams, my nigga. I don't care that you walked on if you didn't to St. John's. Like, I, that does not matter to me as a J. Cole fan. I get that his career has been centered around that with different projects and he's heavily influenced by basketball. But I just think at this stage, at 36 years old, Maybe that effort could have been put towards a better rollout because that that the basketball shit didn't do anything for me, <laughs> especially playing in like what was he Africa Nigeria? It was in Africa, it was Rwanda. Was yeah, yeah, Rwanda. Yeah, I think so. Was he was that a big flex or a big flop? Let's keep it real in them extra. It's a genius marketing. That's what. It oh is. my! <laughs> it's the rollout. It's the rollout king. You gotta understand you playing as I as I discussed in my review that's everywhere now. As you're playing, he chases his basketball dreams. He loved basketball. He, he's always loved basketball. So to have an album called The Fall Off with the basketball goal in the back, and you're still chasing that original dream later, even though you're one of the top rappers in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it was genius, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't really that's like a nigga that works at Microsoft or Apple coming to tell you about his mixtape. I always wanted to rap, even though I make $450,000 a year doing my IT job in the daytime. I've always had this dream of putting my mixtape out. Bro, I don't care. You don't care. Think about that. If if Cole probably, it's probably, if Cole feels like if I touch one kid who who, who I tell don't give up on their dreams, I've done my job. And that's that's exactly what it is. You're never too old. You're never too old. His dream is to be a rapper. It's not to be a basketball player. It was a basketball player was first, though. Basketball yeah, then he, on the first, Kevin Durant right? podcast, he went to New York to to rap though. Yeah, I know. He, <laughs> he turned down the he he made it to the last ten niggas to walk on for St. John's and turn that shit down to rap. Mm. Again, we understand that, but I'm telling you, the first love was basketball, and and it's been a part of his story the entire right. time. So, the first of all, the rollout was super dope. Let's be very yeah, clear. Keep it a book. The the it was the first game of the Africa League for anybody who gives a shit about the, those you know that little tidbit. But I thought it was dope. I, I think he had three points, three assists. He looked like a civilian. Uh, <laughs> for anybody who thinks they're good enough to hoop in any type of pro league, that is how you would look. You would look. Shout washed. out to FSP podcast, man. Shout out to those FSP guys. Shout out to FSP with probably the worst take of all time. They thinking say? that they could average two points in the NBA. Hey, Hov and Locke said they could play 10 minutes in the no, NBA. They couldn't. No, and they average, couldn't. And average 10 points. No. They could get 10 minutes a night and average ten, two points. Two points for a full season, Nuts. which was the biggest cap I've ever heard in my life. Now, Biggest cap. <laughs> Jay has since walked that back, so I'll let him live. Locke, I don't know, bro. Uh, that's tough. But Jay Cole looked like a civilian playing amongst amateur pro like an amateur playing against amateur pros that's how he would look um but it was that was cool i watched the game and everything it was cool to see him bro like there's a there's a young j cole fan that didn't see p do this exactly. and nobody's done this since so you have to look at it from that perspective he's always been about a dollar and a dream and dreaming big and obviously dreamville and so it, it plays into the story man and it's gonna be dope when it's all said and done that he can add that to the resume exactly it's a macro of it all that's a fact. Now, when you first listen to the album and you hit play, initial thoughts, I'll start with you, Lou. What did you think when you first listened? Super surprised. I had to look down and make sure that I was on the wrong, I mean, the right album. When I hear Cameron first on the J. Cole fucking song, like, and we know 
uh, the, as far as they come home with me and how that registered and hit in Nashville where we were at that time. So me hearing that is the first thing on the Cole album was super surprising, but I was here for it. We got me hyped. Yeah. What, uh, what I'm saying, what about the whole project, though? I'm oh, I thought we were talking about just the initial. But that was where I was initially when I first heard that. Then I'm going all the way through, even without taking in all the bars and sitting down with it, just going through that first listen, you could tell how much better he is than most rappers. And the difference between a nigga like him that's A-list and a nigga that dropped every three months or something to similar to what he said, your 30-track CD and you selling 10000 Like, you could tell the difference between a nigga like Cole listening to that first round run-through of all the songs and then all the other niggas that drop every other week. So that was the biggest thing for me. And being the people that were on the album and how well-placed it was. You could tell that how it was tracked out and what he was doing. He was paying specific attention to making this a mood, making this a, a thing that you wouldn't forget and you would register as a classic in your head, just based off how the tracks were laid out and how they played into each other. You could tell that he took his time with that. So I, I was a fan first listen. M Extra, you stayed up till midnight Thursday night so you can listen, be the first person <clears throat> in the world to listen to this. Did it live up to the expectations first listen? That's actual and factual. I definitely did. <laughs> uh, the initial thought for me was, I mean, similarly, I was definitely surprised when I heard Cam. Uh, I mean, I got excited when I heard Cam. I was like, oh, he's going to take me there. It's like, this, he, the hunger, it's like you can tell he just ready to bar you to fuck up, pause. Like, he was just ready to take it there. And I, and I just heard it from the, just the first, first, few, uh, first couple bars. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> he said, I try to stay uh, from around, but if beef come up, put an M on your head, you Luigi brother now? Like, <laughs> I said, what? I had to pause it. I paused it after that. I said, this man, somebody made this nigga mad, boy. He's been like, somebody told him he couldn't spit. <laughs> he said that on the Kevin Durant podcast. That's how he tried to approach it. He said yeah. he felt like the, the shit that he was working on and he was reading it to himself, he just felt like the somebody he said he felt like he just wasn't doing it like he used to do it and he made special and paid special attention yeah. to doing it like that yeah and that and uh following my initial thoughts it also lets me know why like you said you can tell he's so much better than a lot of people but for me i don't necessarily say he's better than certain a-listers but he does something um and me and jay talk about it something that drake can't do and that is the flow is 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 all he, he has multiple flows like Drake is good in, in one pocket for most part. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, <laughs> but it's great. He's a great rapper. Just saying, but he doesn't have. You don't get the cadence to stop up and down. At, like you don't get that from from Drake often. And you know you don't. First off, uh, no, I'm, I'm not trying first to. First off, let him put his Drake cape on. And yeah. we're yeah, no, and we're not going to turn this into a Drake versus J. No, Cole. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm just. I just said because we know he's better than the people that we're talking about. But I'm saying right, right, right. listers. What I'm saying is, even with A-listers, it's some it's certain things Cole can do that some people appreciate more. That's all. Before you go, Chris, I do want to say to that point, as I was listening to this for like the third time, I did think that my opinion had switched from the scariest rapper. It's no longer Kendrick. I can't still give him that credit if he ain't been out in four years and J. Cole is doing shit like this. Yeah. Like, I think J. Cole <laughs> is the most like feared rapper right now. Like, don't nobody want those that smoke with him, I feel like. No. Um, first of all, initial thoughts, number one, I was just as thrown off as everybody with the cam. Not thrown off, but you know what I'm saying, pleasantly surprised with the cam intro. And I actually like when albums first come out and they don't have the features listed. I actually like that shit because you don't really know what to expect. It's kind of dope. Know. It plays out more like a movie that way until Twitter and niggas in the group chat spoil it. But other than that, it's still pretty dope to be surprised by the features and shit. So I didn't see the Cam joint coming. I was just so relieved that Cam didn't rap. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all do not know. Don't do Cam like that. In 2021? He got Whoa. a great eight for J. Cole. He got yeah. so strong eight bars for him. You got to stop it with your business. Make sure no, sir. <laughs> he got a strong not, eight for him. Nah, no, he don't. He got he got strong ad libs, which is what he did, which I appreciate, and that that was cool. Um, but no, I, I, my first listen, 
I went through the album and the first go round and the, the thought of skipping anything never crossed my mind at all. Mm. Like as a matter of fact, I slick thought it ended a little too soon. Yes. I was almost <laughs> like, damn, it's already over. I was I was kind of like let down and really ready to run it right back. <laughs> so like I the, nothing initially, bro, literally, not one time did I go. Nah, okay, this one, this one kind of, eh. no, it wasn't none of that, dude. I was just like, <laughs> damn, all right. Like, he's spitting. It's a lot to digest, though. It's a lot. Like, I'm talking about his bars, his cadences, his subject matters, its themes, its features. It's like, it's three and four niggas producing on one song. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, there's a lot. There's bridges, there's harmonies, there's melodies. Like, it's a lot um, to go along with it. But it doesn't seem packed in or claustrophobic you know what i'm saying like to me it still felt cohesive so i i really i really liked it that first listen and honestly the more i listen to it the more it's growing on me which is what good art usually does you know what i'm saying like it's and that's a hard thing to do it's hard to really like something out the gate and then it still grow on you usually out the gate you kind of be like okay it's okay it's something there and you need to run it back to be like okay i get it now i got it out the gate but it just that it just grows on you even more because there's so many layers to it. Right. To, to your point of what you said, and even though I criticize the rollout, I think that that helps with listening to the album the first way through. For me, that's what makes me not want to skip a song because you've yeah. seen this shit play out on YouTube. You heard him talking about it. I listened to the interviews because J. Cole's A-list. So if you're talking, you're going to listen. Yep. That helps. I remember back, that's what made 2014 Forest Hills Drive hit so hard for me. Like that, that whole rollout to it and knowing the story and all the pictures of him sitting on his old house and he went and bought the house. That makes you want to listen to every song because you feel like that he's telling you a story about the rest of like you feel like you're exactly. getting the rest of the documentary. Same thing with this. Even though I criticized the rollout, like I said, I felt like that 14 minute documentary was the intro for this album and the album was the complete story of it. And that shit just hit. Yeah. yeah. I, I would just like to be around the thought process of how we're gonna set this album up, which song is what. We're gonna get Cameron and we're gonna get fucking Little John on the, man, when I heard Little John, bro, I, I had to pull over. <laughs> I said, this nigga made me crash. Like it was 05 all over again, bro. Nah, it, it was it was that was definitely dope, man. And I seen uh, I seen the Wizards work uh warming up to that. I don't know if y'all saw that. The DJ played it at the Wizards game the other day, and they were warming up to They were high. They were, niggas was high on the court, and so it was funny as fuck. Um, let's get to what worked, though, man. What, what was specific highlights, Lou? What stood out on the album to you, whether it be songs or whether it be uh, anything specifically? 90, the, the sampling that he used and was fantastic for me. I love that old-school-type sound sampling on the, the songs that he chose. That Being specific, the 95 South was amazing. Like we said with Cam earlier, I like more Ray's feature, him and 21 Savage. 21 Savage always shows up when he's with J. Cole. Um, Hunger on the Hillside with Boss, Sleeper. Mm. I, that, that shit was hard. That's the Sleepers. That's the Sleepers. Yeah, that's, that that's a great way to end the album. Man, great way to end the album. And those are the ones that stuck out the most for me. I like those are my favorite songs off the album, off rip. What did you yep. have? Twin, what, oh, what you fuck with on there, Heavy? Yeah, I, I mean, to piggyback off that, um, just to hear Boss um, do these harmonies and bridges and hooks was unexpected. He, he, he was he, he was three for three on here. He did a great killed that job. Yeah. 100 Mill is my, probably one of my top two, three songs, and he killed that dude like that. They did a great job. <clears throat> it's just as far as all the highlights go, um, just harking back to what I said about just the thought process of putting such a quality project together. Um, and for me, this is a little different from most of Cole's albums. Although it had a theme, it wasn't the cinematic theme that most Cole albums mm -hmm. have. This is more of a mixtape type of feel to it. When I listen to it, it's more of a, a rugged, like we in the basement trying to create magic kind of feel. And it's for him, and he alluded to this when he talked about when he had that LeBron line, for him to be six albums in, 36 years old, and to create a project like this, like he's hungry, fresh out the gate. But it was it was great. Like I said, I didn't have any skips. You know, I love the features. I love the surprise features. I love what Lil Baby did. I love what 21 Savage did. He put every, it's like he put the pieces of the puzzle perfectly together. Like, if you would have said, 
if I told you last week, Cameron called my dad, <laughs> you'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it worked. Yeah. It worked. Like, everything. Shout out to the whole team. Like, this really worked. It wasn't something that was for – nothing felt forced. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. And yeah. I take it a step further. What I, what I liked is – first of all, I, I love that it's titled offseason because it makes so much sense because this right here – sounds like he's been in a gym putting up a thousand jumpers. Like this is what it's, this is what it would sound like if your favorite rapper put in the time and effort to go with his or her skill set. This is what it would sound like. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he sounds polished and hungry. Like he's trying to make a team. You know what I'm saying? So I, I fuck with him on here. The bars were stupid. Um, he took the bars to a whole nother level on here. Uh, I thought, I thought his cadences were like it's a very well written album, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. Like that cadence, that's what I was saying. Yeah, now that's a fact. He he took it to another level in regards to that too, because there's so many different pockets, and it it, it seemed like there was a, you know how like when niggas used to do albums back then, they have one producer that was just kind of orchestrating. You know how Dre will do it, or even Swisky even has that possibility, or Pharrell. Like it just felt like somebody was orchestrating this because it's super cohesive, and it looks like it was really. Cole, even though he's got a majority, he's got a lot of different producers, Timberland, Boy Wonder, T-Minus, but it's like either him or his team, or like with Drake with a 40, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who's Cole's 40, so to speak, but they they put together a hell of an album. If I had to go with joints on here, um, I thought Let Go My Hand was fire, like dumb fire. And I, is that Puff at the end talking? Yes, that's Puff. That was hard. That, 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 that was that was a nice callback. Obviously, yeah. he, he referenced the fight that they got into that a lot of people have forgotten about because there was a rumor about that a long time ago. But they had they squashed it shortly after that anyway. Yeah. And so it was cool to hear him on there. But that shit was fire. Um, um, the My Life, I thought Maury's going to show on there. Oh, my God. It's a perfect um, perfect. And, I, and this is going to sound weird, but I just found a new appreciation for the climb back. He dropped that, you know, last year on the two-piece. And I, I thought it was cool. It fits so well on here. Like it, like just re-listening to it, it just kind of rekindled that for me. Yeah. I thought that shit still worked on here, even though it's quote unquote old. Yeah, right uh, after the interlude was the perfect place for it. You almost feel like you hadn't heard that shit. Yeah. That's, you let that more ride like you just yeah. hadn't heard it. It was such a part yeah. of the album. Yeah. Agree. You, you spoke of that more Ray. That that song, my life, how they flipped wow. the old my life. Listen, that song is, is perfection, dog. Yeah, that shit was fire. And he's talented too, man. The more oh, he, he, he talented, bro. I like his project. Um, now listen, this is gonna be tough for you. We got to talk low lights. Was there something on the album that didn't work? Can you take your bias J Cole cape off for two minutes M extra and say something that didn't work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can. Um, it would be that it clocked in a little under forty minutes. Um, so again, like you referenced earlier, you know, uh, it's. It's over, <laughs> and then you're like, "Damn, it's over already." <laughs> I feel like he could have gave it at least 45 minutes. You yep. know, um, so I, I mean, for me, that's the low light is a little short. Um, and uh, the only thing else I would say, uh, this is my, uh, this is something I I'll, I, I want to get into the psyche of how they pick the features because I feel like when you're at Cole's position, <clears throat> if you're gonna do a feature, I feel like you got to put some of your people on. You know what I'm saying? Although he's done that. But I would have loved to hear a Jid record on I mean a Jid feature on this. You know of course what I'm saying? Especially, especially if Jid is next up, like he said. He's why not. not put Jid on the biggest stage? You know what I'm saying? Bro. He's not next up. I'm sorry to break it to you, bro. And next up for Dreamville. No, he's not. No <laughs> lie. Boz is, Boz is clearly up next. No, no but Boz already has his. But I'm saying fans, he, like, he finna be the next nigga after these. Oh, no, Boz is definitely next, him. but I'm saying Jid is right there. Like Jid has been murdered. Bro, he's, not, he's been murdered. That that no lie. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my lowlights because I had the same thing. I could have used a standout verse from a Dreamville artist, bro. Yeah. They need this. Would that would have been? Per, I'm talking about a joint where you go, man. I'm hey, I'm ready for that nigga album. Like Boz exactly. is cool on the harmonizer, but that's not gonna make me go. I can't wait to listen to his project yeah. though. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, I didn't know he had that in his bag. Exactly. And he complimented the songs well. Okay, cool. But the same way that Jay-Z had J. Cole on Blueprint 3. Exactly. And he stole the show on that. He should have had a Dreamville artist, you know, best case scenario, who's got a project on the way. Exactly. He should have had them on one of these songs to just body bag it <clears> and be like, damn, I never really paid attention. But, God, that Kaz, nigga, he snapped on this mother. Yeah. This would have been the G, perfect opportunity Olu. to do that. 
Somebody I think Drake has that artist. Sorry, break it to you guys. They have, they have niggas that can rap. They have niggas that can rap. Yes, not they, not they, if I'm J. Cole, that I'm putting on an album that I think is is this good. Y'all niggas just rapping on Dreamville. Like the whole no, Revenge no, of the Dreamers, on, man. Y'all niggas don't know. Nah. <laughs> what are you talking Shout about? Yeah. Down, nigga. Nah, they, they, they got some rappers. They got they some rappers. Rapper. If you can put 21 Savage on that, you can put Jid on that. I agree. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, my low lights is it's the looming threat of J. Cole retiring. Like you hear a nigga <laughs> this well that does this this good. It irritates me when I get done listening to it in 39 minutes, sort of like you said, because this nigga consistently is threatening retirement. Even on the Kevin Durant podcast that I listened to him in, he's talking about maybe two more albums. And I just think that that bothers me so much because he's so good at what he does. It's like Jordan going away to play baseball. Like, bro, you got six more years and you got six more good albums. And I think I'm, I'm mad that Jay-Z even made Master P made that shit popular. Uh, this is my last album. I'm retiring. And then you teeter around for a couple more years. I just wish that niggas of this generation, J. Cole, Drake, Kendrick, learn to lean into it. Like, lean into it. Nigga, I'm going to be rapping until I'm 50 because I'm that damn good at this shit. And y'all niggas ain't going to be better than me now. Y'all ain't going to be better than me at 50. I wish that was the <laughs> approach that most A-list rappers had as opposed to, oh, man, this might be my last album. That was the thing that kept registering in my head as I listened to the album again and again. And this nigga talking about quitting in two albums? Get fuck out of here. So did, that was what the, my bad, worst takeaway from it. I did have two questions, though, on things that could be perceived as lowlights. He took slights previously for his production. Do you think he stepped his production game up on him? Yes. I think that it equals sure. it equaled the... Previously, people were looking at J. Cole as a big A-list. I want hits, maybe a club song. Now that he's dead at that, you're not about to get this from me, nigga. You finna get these bars, these dope stories, these <laughs> these cold songs. People's ears have adjusted to what that is, and I don't think the production is su under such high scrutiny anymore. But I do think that he did a great job with it fitting where he is at in his career. Mm -hmm. So the beats work for you, twin. But, but they probably oh, no, you, you're gonna say they always work. No, no, I mean, no, if one knock anyone would have on J. Cole, it would be on the production side. I've, I've had this conversation with countless J. Cole haters, but you, I mean, the production is definitely high quality. I mean, like you can tell. I mean, it's different. I mean, he started it with when he did the song with uh, with the uh, with T minus middle child T minus. So he, you know, he started he started that and um, and it's worked. I mean, and he one thing about him, he likes to collab with producers, obviously. So I think that is a better role out. Um, as far as production goes, for him to stay in, um, because most people want to hear other producers. That's just what it is. You don't want to hear the same sound over and over. And um, I, I agree with that. I was talking to Jay earlier. He said the production. He said to him, it still was a little subpar. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 I was like, I don't know. Like, we're not listen. Nobody ever said J Cole needed the best beats of all time. He doesn't need that. Some part of a slap in the face. He should be ashamed. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't agree. The, the beats are fine to me. They're, they're not a distraction. Let me say that. The beats are not a distraction, and I thought they had layers to them. They did enough for me to where I didn't notice. Well, now, now that he said that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen and pay more attention to the production. But uh, to me, it was fine. My other possible low light, are y'all here for auto-tune Cole? Because he pulled the auto-tune out on about two or three joints. I wasn't mad at it. Oh. it I wasn't, I wasn't like, what the fuck is he doing? It wasn't really noticeable. Like, yeah. Ah, on, I was at Amari and... Uh, that, that record slides. A hundred mil? A hundred mil. That motherfucker go. But it's, it's auto-tuned, though. Let's be clear. I mean, it just wasn't, like, so, like, clear. Like, oh, my God. You know, yeah, you, you, you can't really <laughs> yeah. apply like that. You know what I'm saying? All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. And 100 Mil probably one of my favorite songs on here, too, so I can't even... I try to act like I gave a shit about the auto-tune on there. I really don't. Yeah. It's fire. <laughs> Um, Lou, okay, give me a rating, man. Out of five reels, what you give it? Four and a half. Mm, Four and superb. a half reels. Absolutely superb album. J. Cole put his best foot forward. I don't think that it's better than 2014 Forest Hills Drive, which for me is Cole's best album. So that's why I gave it four and a half instead of five. I feel like that's a classic five mic album, 2014. But this is right there on the doorstep. All right. All right. Twin, what you got? What you think? Um... It's like four point seven or eight to me. Mm. It's, it's it's so good, man. It's really good. I, the slide is it's a little short, yeah, um, for me. 
Um, but it's it's so good, man. Like you said, you just keep playing it. You just keep playing it. And if nothing's like, oh my God, let me turn this off. You know what I'm saying? It's it's right there. It's knocking. <laughs> it's definitely knocking. Yeah, I'm 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 with y'all. We gotta make it a sweep. It's four and a half. It's superb, bro. Like there's not a lot. There's not holes on it. There's no holes. There's no holes on the album, dude. <laughs> like no I filler. No filler. Like this I nigga sounds filler. like a professional rapper. Rapper. It's this like is a, what a fucking A-list <laughs> rapper should sound like. This is it's what the to... album should sound like, dude. It's That's like a, a fucking Maryland crab cake, man. No yeah. fucking filler. It's just That's all. Facts. <laughs> it's just no filler. Real quick, before we get to these wins and losses, y'all want to know what Pitchfork rated it? This year. I think I just... <laughs> 6.5 out of 10. What were yeah. they? What Shout were the Pitchfork. critiques? Did they get Zach from marketing to do this? Let <laughs> me drop my Pitchfork. microphone. Pitchfork. See, this is why. I hate. This is what what makes me upset. And and Q, I mean um, P from uh, QC. From QC, uh, spoke on this too. This is what happens when people don't understand the culture get the right thing. They don't understand what? When when people who aren't from the culture get to rate things. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Six out of ten. Get, get out of here. Bro. No, no, no black person is saying that. I, I like it better than KOD too, which was his last project. I think it's better than yeah, KOD for anybody. Yeah, it's better was, than KOD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said I agree he, with that. He said on that uh, Kevin Durant podcast, he did KOD in two weeks. Mm. He yeah. said he was. Uh, he said he had been taking a break from music, and he just had a create. He said he he just couldn't get anything that he liked going. Yeah. And he went in the studio after taking like six months off, and he got three songs. Finished <laughs> the rest of them in two weeks. Mm. Yeah. Gotta drag it in the background, don't what you? What the fuck was that? Um, all right, man. What's it? Get to these wins and losses, man. What we got, dude? All right, the wins and the losses, man. First W goes to my guy Jaden Smith, man. He has a brand new restaurant that's gonna offer free meals to the homeless, man. What you guys feel about that? Yeah, that's super dope, man. It's, it's a vegan spot. It's called I Love You. All right. Uh, shout out to the youngsters, though, man. It's super dope. It, now, if you go there to eat, it will cost you a little more. Your your check is probably going to round up to, like, the nearest dollar, and that's how they're able to afford to pay for the homeless food. But I'm not mad at that, man. It's going to do well, bro. People are going to go just <clears throat> on the, off of the charity aspect. That's a super dope concept. And idea. people could do that to pay their employees more, too, if they raise minimum wage. But that's a whole other story. Go ahead, Twin. What you think? Shout out to yeah, Will uh, and Jay. This, this is a great thing. You got to love this is this is wonderful, man. This is what it's about: man. putting yourself um, in a position to help others, and, and really just not talking about it, but being about it. So this is what this is definitely what it's about. He shout gets out, it. Out. Yeah, he gets it. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, I want to clarify something I said in my last segment. Uh, the writer from Pitchfork was is a black writer. Um, he's getting killed on Twitter for his writing. <laughs> his name is Alfonso. <laughs> Alfonso. <laughs> Alfonso Pierre. He's getting murdered on, on Twitter for his writing. He has a Cardi B evasion of privacy rated higher, and people are killing. Oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Next, and shout out to uh, Jada Pickett Smith and Will Smith, man. Um, the, the, they they've raised commendable man, kids. It's commendable. Man, that shit so is amazing. The, the 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 grounded, how grounded their kids are. Um, another W to my man Sauce Walker. His mom is launching a credit card for artists to use their royalties to get their royalties early if they're in a bind. What do you guys think about that? Shout out to Texas being innovative, yeah. man. If I fuck with mind. this. Well, no, well, no, if you want access to your royalties early, you're going to have a little credit card that you can use and charge no. against them. I don't think I, it's a good idea. I think it's, I think it's smart. Points. I think it's smart to give options. It, there, there's paycheck situations like this right now for people that yeah. need a paycheck early. It's going to cost you an extra 5% or something. Yeah, it's definitely smart, but I'm talking about for the consumer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, some people financially need, a good idea. Some some people need it. I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it, but it's cool to have options. You get your royalties instantly off of streaming sites instead of having to wait 30, 45 days. Man, I ain't mad at it. It's, I think it's genius, honestly. Yeah, so the, the idea is genius, but I'm just saying for the purpose, I would if I was an artist, I wouldn't go near it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Sauce Walker's mom. But <laughs> that's another story. That's a that's an interesting guy right there. A L to Jack Harlow. <clears throat> Jack Harlow's DJ was indicted for a club shooting. Where someone was murdered uh, not too long ago. Yeah, he's claiming self-defense. Uh, Is DJ? Yeah, his, he said what? You said who was he's Jack Harlow's DJ is claiming self-defense. He's claiming self-defense, dude. He is uh, trying to get his bond lowered to five hundred thousand, but his judge ain't going. Uh, it's man, that shit crazy. What is it right now? Maybe? 
Oh, I didn't say it just said he was asking to get it. Oh no, excuse me. It is 500,000. He was trying to get it lower than that. Sorry about that. Jack Harlow ain't got 50,000 dollars to get a nigga out of jail. 50,000? I promise you he don't. I ain't count no nigga pockets or nothing, but Jack Harlow, Jack Harlow can't like go exactly down to the courthouse is. and get a wrecks. They said he's trying to get it lower to 50,000. Then he dropped five. He got five. He ain't got 50. Okay, okay. 50 is what you pay on a $500. Right, right. Yeah, he ain't got... Jack Harlow got $5,000. They couldn't... Look he does, definitely, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> All right. The does. last bonus, L, uh, we usually do three. This is the fourth one. Your guy, 50 Cent, his new... Sh- well, not new show, but his show, For Life, the one on ABC, with the ugly black promise. dude, it's been canceled. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? It had so much promise. It started off great, to be honest. And then they... It took a turn. They started involving COVID and stuff. I was like, right, what? It's, it's ridiculous. Like, it, it took a turn for the words, like most of the shows. <laughs> yeah, two grand opening, grand closing, two seasons is, <laughs> that's quick. That's, they, pulled the, they pulled the plug on that fast, though. That's kind of some yeah. slaw, but that, that's finding more time to get on this BMF, though, man. What, the, <laughs> what we waiting on, fam? Think about TV. Yeah. You, you get a chance to miss in TV more so than music. Right, you're going you're gonna to have canceled TV shows. Some of the best producers out there have had canceled TV shows the last one or two seasons. So I don't think this is a big deal for 50. It ain't. It ain't. Um, Who you now, guys got from on deck? Who you got from on deck of the week? Well, first, well wishes to Lil Reese out of Chicago. He uh, got was involved in a shooting, another shooting, in which three people were shot. Very, very crazy situation. Apparently, he was trying to buy weed from somebody. The person was in a stolen truck. And then what? there was a shootout what? that ensued. Yeah, it's it's, it's wild, wild story. Chicago is wild weed is legal in Chicago, ain't it? it uh, he he's, he told the police that he was trying to buy weed from somebody. You can go. And the shootout ensued. Who knows? Um, but he got his he, he got grazed in the eye, and there's there's video Jesus of course Christ. of somebody filming the aftermath, and he actually was beat up a little bit in the face. So look, he had gotten into a fight, and then got shot. Who knows? Uh, it's the second time in like two years he's been shot, though, man. He had a real, he got shot real bad in his neck. Had to get surgery and stuff last time. But yeah, Chicago, he, he gonna need to move. That's the moral of the story. He needs to move. They're, they were saying he can't move because he's on probation. Oh, uh, they want him. They right. want him to die there. Yeah, they want Maurice out of there. Yeah, because he, he definitely should have moved to LA. <laughs> should definitely should have been gone. He should have been dirt in Atlanta, somewhere in Houston, like where all everybody else moved. Yes. <laughs> um, rough, Atlanta's man. violence is cranked up really bad. That is true. Atlanta has been on the rise. They, they the virus is definitely. Are they like talking about the every crime. night? <laughs> yeah, that, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, people got shot outside of the Trap Music Museum over the weekend. Somebody got shot in Atlantic Station this weekend. At Home Home Depot parking lot, people got shot in, by, uh, off Limburg. Yeah, damn, that's why I'm hot. Summer with COVID over with, it's gonna be a hot summer. Yeah, my prayers go out to you, young niggas out there in these streets, man. Um, real quick, man, on deck of the week, we are going to Facebook. Shout out to uh, hold on, my guy, I forgot the name. Hey, don't kill me because he's been uh, in, he, <laughs> he has been in, he has been in the rap chat forever, man, putting out good questions. Uh, Keyshawn Brown, my guy, he said 10 oh, yeah. tracks of a whole project produced by Alchemist would be awesome. My question, oh, my do we need God. that? Do we need 10 yes. tracks with Hove and Alchemist tomorrow? Please. That, would, that would be Drop incredible. That Yesterday, yes. actually. Yes, please. And thank yeah. you. Shout out to uh, Keyshawn mm. Brown, man. Super dope concept. Hey, maybe uh, maybe Hov is listening. listening man. Give me a put on, Lou, before we get out of here. Man, there's some great podcast content out there other than this one. I'm glad you checked this one out. But if you're looking for something else, you guys are going to kill me for this because I brought it to the group chat early Saturday morning because it was that good. Michael Rappaport and Van Lathan on higher learning. When you when listen to me, Van Lathan read that nigga like he was supposed to be read. Man, I'm a much bigger Van Lathan fan than I already was. He kept it one thousand on there with Michael Rappaport, and Michael Rappaport was so shocked. But it was, was a the name of it? What's the higher name? learning podcast with Van Lathan and uh, I can't think of her name. So Michael Rappaport's was guest. Michael Rappaport was a okay, guest, okay. and Rachel Lindsay is Van Rap Van. Oh, Rachel, Lathan. the girl from the Bachelorette. Yeah, she's his co-host. She not too long ago, I think two episodes ago, she got into a heated discussion with DJ Academics, 
and how he exploits people on his page and she went at him. So they've been having some some feisty conversations over on how you learned it, man. Y'all might want to check that out. I might check it out. I can uh, what you got in extra? Put me on some. Uh, for me, uh, it's gonna be the new Georgia Smith album, Be Right Back, uh, for all my R&B heads. I think it's a smooth, uh, mellow groove for you and your lady. Play that, you know what I'm saying? You might have some fun. Good, mm. good vibe, good vibe. Georgia Smith. All right, I'm putting, on, I'm putting y'all on an album too. It's a sleeper that dropped a week or two ago, kind of went under the radar. But I like T Grizzly new project, bro. Like, check that out. High energy joints on there. I fuck with T Grizzly. I'm a closet T Grizzly fan, though. Real slick. As you speak um, from a closet. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the project is good, man. It's called Built for Whatever. Y'all make sure y'all check that out, man. Late night calls, quit trapping. Like, it's, it's some hard joints on there for real. And dude be saying something. You know, we talked about that with um with Pooh Shicey. You said Pooh Shicey be saying a little more than the you may yeah. think on the surface level. T, I feel like that about way about T Grizzly, man. So y'all check that project out. It's solid. His last album was good. Yeah, yeah, the, the back of the classroom or front of the classroom, or something like that. Yeah, that was yeah T Grizzly good. definitely count. I know you're twisted. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Hey, man, appreciate you sliding through to uh, yeah. talk this Cole album. You got a review out there in these internet streets, don't you? Yeah, I got a review. The fall off. Um, you guys can check it out on IG, Facebook, and the Twitter. Uh, that's MXTRA3 on all things social. And also be on the lookout for the Cashmere Cognac podcast dropping this summer with me and that boy, S. Wash. Y'all guys will be on the lookout for it. This is a lifestyle podcast <clears throat> with the backdrop to R&B and hip hop, of course. Is S. Wash the stage name? I like that. That's luxurious right there. <laughs> that boy Sean Washington. Yeah, that boy S. Wash. That's what we S. Wash. S dot wash. like a new fragrance. S dot wash. S wash, yeah. nigga. So you check it out, Cashmere and Cognac. Something smooth coming to you soon. Absolutely, man. Uh, appreciate y'all guys checking out the episode, man. You know what time it is. YouTube.com slash On Deck TV podcast. YouTube.com slash Realville. Support the real Realville media.com. And go to Patreon, man. We got some super dope things cooking up. New album reviews, new movie reviews. We got FSP content. Just hit the link in the description or... Go to patreon.com slash realville, man. Take you straight there. Big facts. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope, we out. Yeah.